Afternoon and evening. I'm Dr. J, and welcome to the Strategic Ladies Mindful Media Show. Our show is going to always give you guys applicable, useful, and entertaining relationship conversations with the generational perspective. As you guys know, we're airing live, so make sure that you call in at 310-928-7733. Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Estella. And welcome again to the show. If you haven't already, please subscribe to our Mindful Media Journal, where you'll find information on mind, body, and spirit, and how you can keep all those aligned, just like that vertebrae in the back of your back. <laughs> That's true. So oh, you'll find an invitation like to do this. Chiropractors. On, <laughs> chiropractors, instant healers. You'll find an invitation to do that on strategiclays.com. And please go ahead and look through some of our old shows. We have some great guests that we've had that we'd love to showcase. So, everyone, for, before we begin, we're going to talk about um, how we're doing today. And then I'll tell you a little bit about our show. As you know, our show is going to be on how to overcome relationships fears. Oh my goodness. Yes. That's, that's actually a really, a topic that we can go really deep into. And, uh, yeah, we'll talk more about those. Yeah. But Jay, how are you doing? You know, I'm doing good. It's getting so pretty now. Oh my God. You know, it's funny when you're used to, when you're from California, our normalcy is like always be normal, beautiful weather. So it's really cool to see all the seasons. You forget how. You know, how beautiful it can be just seeing all the things blooming and the butterflies coming back. So I'm doing well. You know, I've been riding my bike more often. I think I've become more active. Well, I mean, I was active in California, but not like this. Yeah. So more outdoorsy here. Cool. How about you, Dr. You know, I'm doing good. I think uh, it's uh, interesting. She talks about the seasons and their changes. And, and I thought that when I moved here, the main thing that I would miss would be the weather. Mm-hmm. And it, it's not that at all. The the, uh, the weather's nice in California, but I do enjoy seeing the, you know, I like having seasons that are not um, hard. These are mild seasons, every right. one of them, so it's nice. But uh, there was this one bush we were kind of concerned about because it never t- changed. Yes. And uh, interesting enough, the leaves just, the bulb forms and they just unroll. It's the weirdest thing. Oh, I thing. know. It's like, it's so, it's so, you know, it's, I think what's the, it's so amazing how nature is. I know it sounds so intense right now, but it's so funny how things can be so bare and then the next day everything you see. I just don't, I mean, it's so scary. It's like those nature channels. Of, oh, yeah. It, it, it's just it's just beautiful. And then all mm-hmm. of a sudden you look at them and then one week later it's like totally bloomed. It's, it's just totally amazing. But, yeah, I'm, I'm really good. Uh, uh, I um, am, am looking forward to a lot of things we have uh, my our course will be up for those uh, people that really are interested we have a new course that's going to be on online uh it's a christville course it's, it's my baby um you can um, go online and find out about it. it should be up in another two weeks so i'd encourage you to go look about that and it has to do with relationships you know how are you going to have these relationships and how are they going to grow and uh, my perspective is to do it through a Christ-filled relationship. So look at that booklet and look at that course, and I think you'll enjoy it. But, Jay. Yes. How to overcome relationship fears. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, fear is, as you know, audience, and please call in. This, I think it's a great topic. And if you have any questions about it and feel like you're a victim of this, because it is a, a syndrome, mm-hmm. um, call in. Uh, but yeah, it's interesting that fear is a big motivator toward changing and opening self, oneself up. It is. Um, you know, this is. A, I, I find that this topic's really can can go several ways, um, especially when it comes to people addressing their fears if they can really overcome them and really finding out what the fear is. 
It did. Oh, the fine. root of the fear, the right? The root of the fear, yep. Yeah. Um, they talked about, you know, there's a couple of articles we pulled, but um, one article talked about not only is it hard to overcome fears, but do that before it takes control of you. Right. And um, we we have seen that, we've seen that situation happen to people um, in a, not, it, it, it's kind of hidden behind all the stuff they do, but then sometimes that when it, it takes over, when they're overcome by it, it's very stressful. Um, their relationships are like roller coasters. There's all this emotional doubt. Um, they have blocks, behavior blocks to uh, other relationships. It, it just kind of like domino effect on it, even other relationship friendships and right. things like that. Right. Um, so uh, one of the things we identify is commitment phobia. Yeah. And how to know if you have it. How do you know if you have it? I mean, what well, I, I mean, I think that, you know, I think that some some study patterns I've seen are um, when people um, say that they, you know, they can't, they keep trying to always outweigh the pros and the cons or if they, or if they're constantly trying to get rid of somebody before they really get to know them, finding the flaws. Right, finding the flaws. You know, finding the flaws, and that's a big one. How about what do you do? You know, I think I think that's a good one, and I think that one of the things for people that do that, um, they might want to ask themselves, uh, "How do you feel about this person? Am I is it the right person for me? Do I care about him? How am I going to make him happy?" Because some of that uncertainty is just asking the right questions to to yourself to to ask them. You know, in a sense too, or to to pose. Like you're posing it to them. And also when it comes to commitment, you have to ask yourself, what do you want? Mm -hmm. Do you, you know, do you want a commitment? Do you want somebody for a long period of time and being honest with yourself so that you can be ready for that person when they come along? I agree. I agree. Another reason is people rush into the relationship, right? Rushing into the relationship. Um, and the, the fear is, is that, um, if they don't rush into it, that they lose the person. Yeah, I know. I think, I think one of the things when you're talking about rushing a relationship, that happens a lot. We can, we can attest to that. Yes. I mean, I've been victim of that. Oh, I have you know, well. when you're lonely, um, you, you rush into relationships, but you don't think about, you don't allow yourself time to uh, think in a logical way. Right. You just kind of, re you're reactive versus proactive and, and rushing into things, um, really can cause a lot of damage. And some people may ask, you know, well, why is that an issue? Why is, is rushing into a relationship an issue? And in my opinion, I know that every relationship is different, but I feel that if you want to, if you're trying to grow a relationship, taking time to get to know that person can help you before you really, you know, get too far in that you made a mistake. Yep. 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 And um, one of the other things I know, we talked about, and we've seen this before. Is I mean, I can, I can, I remember a couple of my friends that rushed into relationships, and and they just um, it, it crashed really hard, and it was because of loneliness and and the fear of being alone. So not only can you fear getting into a relationship, but you can fear being alone. Right. And then when you're alone, you rush into something because you want it something, you want so, something bad, so bad, and then you end up not being satisfied. And you see that a lot in, in relationships, and then and then people bring other factors into the relationship, like children and and um, uh, travel and, and other things to stay away. Are you know, and it's really sad. Yeah, that does sound horrible. So how can we, you know, how can we talk about like correcting some of this? I mean, how? I mean, one of the things I find um, people don't get a historical perspective of, of their mates. Mm -hmm. I mean, do you think people get to know each other? Really? Well, I think that's the problem. I think I think that rushing in, I think one of the, the biggest things that people do in relationships sometimes is rushing it. And I know that you have that initial attraction and that initial, like, how do you keep that fire alive? And, it, and it's beautiful to have that fire, but how do you keep it alive? So I think that, you know, it's something that's to keep in mind. Yeah, and I think also to think about what, what, 
thoughts inspire these actions? I mean, you know, mm-hmm. why why are we in fight, fight or flight when it comes to relationships? Why are we running? Um, why are, why are we uh, afraid to to really dive deep? You know, are, are we listening to that inner voice? God, that inner voice, that mindful inner voice is so important. Listening to your your first mind, your first I, I, mind. you know, that intuition. Because sometimes I think that we do get these signs, those red flags. And because either for attraction or because we're lonely or because we feel that maybe we're being too picky, we ignore some of those particular me, things. Well, let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you think when you have a fear relationship, so you listen to that voice and it tells you the wrong thing because you're listening to that fear instead of what should be. I think that can happen, but that's why I always suggest to my clients to write a list. Write a list of your pros and cons, and I know that sounds intense, but write down some things that you must have in someone and things that, you know, are are deal breakers. And that way, when you're looking at the whole person and getting to know them, if you start seeing those flags that you say, I definitely can't live with, or those things that really bother you, then you know that it's not just you trying to run from commitment. Yeah, you brought up a good point. I think that writing a list also helps you look at patterns. Exactly. And not at, not only writing a list and what you want, but writing a list and journaling your behavior. Because mm-hmm. I think that one of the things that I've seen happen is that, you know, there are so many uh, behaviors that we duplicate because we don't have a time to change. Um you know, in uh, psychology today, they talk about some of the five ways you can, uh, your fear of love can stop protecting yourself. And you need to really. Yeah, how can you overcome the fear? How can you overcome the fear? Right. And um, Dr. Robert Firestone talks about the fear of intimacy. Mm-hmm. You know, some of us have a really strong fear of being intimate and well, the, wrong. The, and yeah, and, the, and that's the thing. A lot of things, everybody's different, right? So there's factors to everyone and why they act the way they do. So that's why you can't really put, I think that these are great, these five steps, and, and they're very valid. Uh, but when you're looking at these five steps, they address people differently, each person. It's you know? individuality. Exactly. Yeah, and I think the first step is, you know, in any, even any therapy is to to take some recognition to um, acting out and knowing your fears. Right. You know, finding you know, first step is not acting out our fears, but recognize we have them and acknowledge mm-hmm. them. And I think that's a good thing. Acknowledge that you have these fears, these fear of in- intimacy, this fear of commitment, so that you can, and you know, overcome these. Yeah. Another thing that they talk about in psychology today, which I found was really interesting, is differentiating ourselves from our family of origin and having a sense of our own unique, unique identity. Right. And um, I have seen so many people make relationship decisions based on what their family would, would be accepting of. Right. Or going against think, the opposite. <laughs> right. And I think this is a hard one because I think, you know, I, I there's some goodness. I mean, if your family sees that this person is, is bad and they're doing some things that harm you and they're trying to protect you, I think listening to them in that sense is a good thing. But also you have to know what's right for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um. And just because maybe your parents had a divorce doesn't mean that you're going to have a divorce, right? Or, you know, because you had children young means they're going to have children young or you're going to make a mistake in relationship. They were abused. You're going to be abused. And I think that sometimes those are things that people think I'm scared because I may make the same choices as my parents. Right. It's that self-fulfilling prophecy, too. It's Mm -hmm. not looking at the, you know, um, the negative and living your life toward that. But it is another fear, right? Right. Overcoming those fears. So stop another fear what or another idea of overcoming um, your fears is stop listening to your inner critic. And I think this is a wonderful one because we need to try to recognize that that little voice in our head feeds you information like he doesn't really love you. Don't be a fool. Those things that like are so negative um, that, that inspire you to make sometimes the, not the right choice in the, mm-hmm. the relationship. You need to stop listening to those, those negative inner critics so that you can see the value of that person. Right. It's almost like, yeah. And, and that's that, that whole voice in your head, uh, it, you know, it becomes overwhelming because you start having more little voices in your head. Like he's mm. not right for you. I'm, I'm you're too fat. You're awkward. You're ugly. Oh, you're not committable. You're, you've got this, all these things. That's not you talking. Right. That's that little voice, that critic 
that that's overcoming you. And I think that's where, for me, that's when the meditation and the mindfulness and the and the listening, getting rid of the clutter helps me because I'm able to make some intelligent decisions by moving that out. And I agree with you. And for myself, when I think about that inner critic, that's when I would tell my clients, just pause for a second, like you said, with the meditation. And let's think about why that inner critic critic is even there what are the reasons that you know you're feeling this way what you know because i feel like if you don't get to the root of the problem it's just a continuing cycle well that's an interesting concept too because that people fail to realize that the reason you're making and hearing some of these negative things there is there is a catalyst to that and that catalyst is probably a prior event probably a prior relationship, probably your upbringing. And, and, and the sad part is people don't want to talk about that sometimes. Um, and that's why it's good to go to a a non-biased source. Sometimes you don't want to share that with your family. Right. Of course. um, Sometimes you'll share with others. And I think when you're listening to, um, you know, there's reasons why we, we, we fear things and, and, but fear usually is triggered by some type of catalyst. Mm -hmm. And you can't, and my, our whole point of this conversation is that you can overcome these fears. And sometimes it takes practice and, and steady work. But the first I feel is to acknowledge that you have these fears so that you can learn how to overcome them. Mm-hmm. The second, uh, the third one actually is um, challenge your defenses. And, the, and they talk about that. It's easy to fall back to the old comforting activities that keep you feeling sheltered and alone. But you should really get out and 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 try love, try to release that heavy blanket. You know, um, as stupid as and sad as it may sound, we can achieve our goal in a relationship and and overcome our fears if we just put ourselves out there. Just put ourselves out there. Um, Don't think it's life threatening or dangerous to meet someone. Just get out there and just just take it. (laughs) Yeah, and also I think that. Um, when it comes to defenses, um, I think that sometimes you, you hear people say, oh, they have, they're blocking, they're holding a wall up or, you know, you don't let people in. And that's something that you, you know, it starts with yourself. So I think that sometimes it, it takes that right person to bring down, break down that wall. And it's fine. I think that you don't have to let down your defenses with every person that comes around. Um, so I think it's good to have some kind of Hold on your feelings so that you can get to know a person. But once you get to the point where you found that this person is worth inviting into your space, you have to slowly break down that wall. I think it's about trust, trusting someone and and feeling like they're they're okay. Right. The next one they talk about is feel your feelings. Mm. Feel your feelings. I like that. Love makes us feel alive, and it's it is the cliche. That entirely tr- that's entirely true. Love makes us feel, and it deepens our capacity for joy, passion, and vitality. I agree. I think that, you know, you need to be able to. Uh, it's a fear, right, that we um, are are not that we can't sometimes express our love. Mm-hmm. And I think that when you realize that you're going to take this time and try to to experience love, be open to it. You're going to, it's called, it's almost like the law of attraction. If you're positive, more positive comes to you. If you're more loving and you're opening yourself up, you're going to meet different people that may lead you to the right person. Yeah. Interesting enough though. It's really hard. Um, when you have, I agree with them. Gosh, love makes you feel good. It's one of the best feelings in the world when you feel good love. And, um, there's nothing, and I think we talked about this before. It, sometimes you can't describe it in a word. It's just a feeling of bliss. But the problem with it is that um, it, it, if you, it's hard if you felt that bliss and you lost it to right. start another relationship. It it's that fear of, oh, my God, I let myself out there. What do I do? Right. Like my heart say, hurts. Right. Like they say, falling in love can remind us of a previous hurt. And it does hurt when... And I've been there. I think that a lot of people have been there where you've fallen in love and, you know, maybe it didn't work out. For some people, it, you know, it worked out well. But I've been in a relationship where I fell for somebody and it didn't work out. And it was hard to get over that. And um, I think that it's just it's time and it's talking to people. And if I would have continued to hold my wall up, 
I wouldn't have met the husband of today. Yeah, I agree. I think it's, it's, you've got to, and I, and I don't, I don't know what the timing of it should be because some people go out and they may have a relation with someone one night stand to think they get over someone and they really don't. It kind of hardens them sometimes. Exactly. Especially if it's a bad one night stand. Yeah. So I think sometimes you should, I think you know when you know. and But yet when you hear that little trigger <clears throat> in your head telling you to get out there, you need to get out there again because what happens is you just become you exist mm -hmm. and existence is okay, but having a, a love lovable existence is much better. So I, I can understand, feel your feelings and feelings are good. There was one uh, comedian that they pointed out in the article, um, Louis C.K. that talked about sadness is poetic. What do you think about that? He says, you're lucky to have sad moments because you let yourself feel sad. Your body has antibodies it has happiness that comes rushing in to meet the sadness. That's very deep. Um, I do think that sadness can be poetic in the sense that, you know, I think that, you know, that saying of it's better to love and lost than to never love at all. I think, like you said, that experience of feeling love and being in love feels so good so that, you know, especially when you've been loved, I've been loved before. I know how it feels. I know how it makes me feel. Um, and it's hard to lose it, but it doesn't mean that you can't receive it again. So I think that it's important to keep keeping yourself open so that you can find love. I think it takes a certain, per it takes time. You have to want to be. It takes time. Loved. And everybody's time is different. Exactly. And the funny part, I'm not funny part, but the thing you talked about, or the comedian talked about when he talked about, um, it, it, it get your antibodies ready for happiness and and in a sense when you when you feel sadness you wouldn't you almost have to feel both to understand each i guess so i mean sometimes you feel i i know every well every i mean all of my friends a lot of my friends have experienced the of losing a love <clears throat> And it, when you're in that moment, you feel like you can never get over it. Mm -hmm. You know, you feel like there's no, I mean, there's nothing you can do. Some people never happened to me, wish it would. I wasn't hungry. You know, some, <laughs> you know, like, you know, I'm not, I, I mean, I don't wish any bad stuff on me, but you know what I'm saying? People have had, you know, experiences where they can't eat, they can't I sleep, they can't mm -hmm. think. And um, you feel like you can't get over it. So those people that feel that way, I'm telling you now that I've been experiencing, I know Dr. Estella has too, and you will get over it. And don't close yourself up because you'll pass opportunities of meeting something great. Yeah, and, and, and you know, try, I think take baby steps, but try it. Because, you know, I, 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 I won't give you timelines, but I think that don't, I think it's unhealthy to go a year without getting out there. Yeah, I think yeah. so. You know, I mean, I, even if you don't meet love, I think that the thing about it is to love yourself. And you, you know, there's ways. To, yeah, you can meet people. There's ways to love yourself in the sense of, you know, spoil yourself. You know, start making yourself feel great because I really feel there's truth in if you love yourself, others will love you. You know, um, I agree. So, and the last one, but not the least, is be vulnerable and open. And I, and I think that that's very important. If you have a fear of love and you want, you want love in your life, you, you, it's very hard to meet anybody if you're not vulnerable and open, because if you're closed and, and non-vulnerable, you're not, you know, it's, it's going to be very hard to meet anybody. You know, I think vulnerability is one of the most uh, precious traits. And I think that if you have, the, if you're vulnerable and, and, and know how to embrace your vulnerability, you become powerful. It's okay to say I'm hurting. It's okay to say I made a mistake. You know, and I agree with you, Dr. You know, it's funny. This, this, this portion talks about how the dating world accepts and even promotes the culture of game playing. Like, don't call him for three days. And if he, if he texts you, wait. I hate those games. Yeah. And I think that, you know, if you start a relationship with those games, your whole relationship becomes some kind of game. Yeah. And I think, um, and, but I look I smiling. Say, what do you think about well, this? Well, I think that's true in a sense, but in a way I think sometimes, um, you know, I found myself saying, I don't want to call my way to the coast money. 
And and that's not a game. It's not a game. It's like it's like I don't. I'm. I don't so talk to you. Let's talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> so why do you? So do you feel that that was you? Your fear that you weren't totally was my seeing fear. that's a thing. Totally was my fear. See, and I'm the type that's like, if I like you, I'm a tuck. If I want something, let's get this straight out because I don't have time to waste. And that's how women should start being. I don't have time to waste. If you like me or you don't, let's figure this out. And I'm like, and okay, I don't like I games. One, two, three. And that, it's yeah. not like my situation is not gaming. It's more like fear of putting myself out there. Yeah. But this, so you're not vulnerable. But they're, I'm not vulnerable. But this, these people are talking about the game playing of of don't call for at least three days. Don't say I love you because he he won't he, he'll run away from you. Well, you know uh, what? Okay, <laughs> let's talk about that. I love you thing. Don't let her know. I think I think that's why her. I think it's so important to to learn about the person before you rush into saying I love you and and and, and making any you know, hard, steady, fast statements because you're okay. So when you think about yourself, you have fears, right? And you're just meeting this person. You have different fears than I have. Right. But unless we talk, we're not going to know what our fears are. and We're not going to get to know the person. So right now, what, what we're saying, if, you know, if I, you, I was the man and you were the woman and you told me, Hey, or you didn't say anything, but you're not calling me. What if I'm a guy that's like, well, she doesn't like me. She's not, it's not taking it. So you both are, are trying to figure out, you both like each other, but you're not making any, yeah. you know what I mean? It's almost like the person, but what's hard too is if, say if you met someone and, and um, mm-hmm. it was love at first sight and, and he said, I love you. And then he would scare that guy. So that is my fear <laughs> because that's happened to me. I've had some very strange dates and that, that scares me. In fact, my husband was kind of scary. He scared me. Like after two days, he's like, I'm so in love with you. I'm like, Oh my god! I didn't talk to him for a week. He really scared me because I, <laughs> because for me, um, I thought that that was somebody playing the game because I've had boyfriends prior to him that were like game players. So like, oh, I love you, and I'm like, this guy don't love me. So when he re- he really meant it. So it's like everybody's different. So that that shows you how you can't. We talked to at the very beginning of this whole thing with with, with you can't let past history affect uh, the fu- what you have in the future because you could block something very good from happening to you. Exactly. And that's why I took this advice myself and said, you know what, from all of my things on my list, you know, I mean, I wasn't like psycho with my list, but I was, I was like, you know what, gosh, this guy has so many qualities that I'm looking for in something. And he's so kind and loving why don't I deserve somebody that loves me? And I think that that's sometimes what people need to realize. It's like sometimes as a woman and sometimes as a man, we we think if this person's so great, why, you know, why don't I deserve, you know, why don't I deserve that? And I think that that was something for myself that I had to realize. Yeah. I think, I think it's important that we, um, yes, I think it's important that we, we, we know ourselves. Right. And we um, think about how how w- the experiences we've had affect our future, and I think it, it's hard. It's hard. Relationships are hard, but I think that they can. But, but you know, one of the things I want to discuss, though, now that we've talked about um, why you shouldn't have fears in a relationship, when should you fear a relationship? Okay. Let's flip this around. So, Doctor, that's a great. Thing. So we're going to talk about when should you fear? You guys, okay, so let's hold that thought for a moment. We're going to go on a quick break. Like I said, you guys, stay tuned. You can call at any time at 310-928-7733. Again, that's 310-928-7733. We'll be back to talk to you a little bit more about fears of relationships. And when you should run. <laughs>
everyone, and welcome back to the Strategic Ladies Radio Show. We are airing live, and we're here in the Netherlands, and we're talking about relationships and the fear of relationships. And uh, before we went to break, we uh, wanted to talk, we, we were talking about fear as a relationship, but now we're going to talk, and we're going to flip the switch a little bit and yeah. talk about eight relationship red flags to show you that your fears are right. <laughs> right. No, the thing is, is that sometimes we, we, we open ourselves so much that we're, you know, you get this conflicting information at times that you have to acknowledge your fears and, and overcome them. But also you need to be able to notice the red flag so that if it is something that's bad, you are smart enough to get out of it. So here's number one. He's irresponsible and immature with you and other core elements in his life. That's so deep. basically he's an irresponsible person. Uh, he, he, he's, he, he doesn't have the right, doesn't oh, respect she, the connection, right? he or she. Um, uh, it doesn't tell you the truth. Uh, just very irresponsible. Mm-hmm. And this irresponsibility is affecting you, your friends. You need to go. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think that this is something to think about. I think that uh, being irresponsible and immature, um, if you're trying to have a serious relationship with someone, th- that's that's not a good start. Um, and, and what what do you feel is immature? What are some immature actions that you would run from, Dr. E? Well, I guess it depends because it depends on the level of maturity of the, of the, the person you're dating. But I think um, not, not uh, showing up for an appointment when I mean or a meeting or a date you, you plan something out and you just don't show up and you don't and you're not and you don't even give person a person respect to tell them. you know very I guess responsible. I, yeah I would say um you know one assignment would be for me as a somebody I remember um you know myself when I was dating I met a guy and he seemed so great and he had a nice car but he always seemed to have trouble trying to pay his rent so, so for me, I felt like, okay, I'd rather somebody have not a, you know, Audi and, and kick it in a, a Civic because he can pay everything off. Not that he's always trying to figure it out. So it was more irresponsible in the way he handled his money. And for me, that was important, not because I was money hungry, but I always was the type of person to think about future. And if you're thinking about future and the person's already that irresponsible with money, that's a scary thing when it gets the future and i think this red flag really speaks to that if they're irresponsible in in uh, one area that it will spill over to other areas and i think that's important to know okay okay another one is he doesn't he or she doesn't drain your energy but instead adds positive eyes and support so this is a good thing Mm-hmm. So this, the, we're going back and forth. So this is a good thing, you know. I think that that's something that's very important, something that you want to keep around. A green flag. He doesn't drain your, she or she doesn't drain your energy. That's very important because having an energy vampire could be the worst thing for a relationship. Always trying to make somebody feel happy. We've had we've had that happen. I mean, God, we talked about relationships, not just even in the man, woman, 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 whatever. It's not just in dating, but in, in just friendship having those energy vampires or or associates that just drain you is hard another red flag you can't trust him no matter how many talks you've had and this goes for men and women so you can't trust her and him or Mm. um that's important i mean trust i think everything in a relationship starts with trust in my opinion um if i can't trust you we can't really build a good future yeah, it is a total red flag. If you don't have trust with someone, you you, you really don't have anything. Mm-hmm. It's a total red flag. What's a green flag? Well, what about another red flag? Okay. How about the most important people in your life have their doubts with this person and they express those concerns to you? And this is what I was talking about. I think that sometimes, you know, family has an outlook that you don't see. Sometimes we're blinded when it comes to love. You know, and if they see this person has abusive signs or this person is, they feel this person's using your concerns or they have doubts about them, I think it's good to listen to them. Yeah, I think this is a hard, this is probably one of the hardest ones because mm-hmm. um, when you're doubting someone or you don't trust someone, 
it's a little bit easier to break through and, and let that happen. When, but when your family voices concerns, um, sometimes you want to rebel, right? And sometimes, or sometimes no. you want. You no, know, some people do. Some people do. You know, to practice. Yeah. Some people. Yeah, I say, know they do. But yeah, I'm just saying myself. No, no, but I'm not saying you necessarily. I'm saying just most people. If you tell someone not to do something, they're going to do it. Mm-hmm. They go against the grain, and sometimes. And so I think, or in the flip of this. Most of the time, it's healthy when a family member interjects, but sometimes it, it is, there's some situations where it, it, it's the opposite. Well, I'm going to have to agree with the script and, the, and what they say on the site that they say it's a red flag, because I think that sometimes it's hard for people to acknowledge something bad going on with somebody. And I know I've been that kind of uh, in a relationship or dated somebody where I'm like, what are you talking about? They're not that bad. But in the end, the people that told me that they were worried about this person, they were right. And I, I think that most of the time, your family wants the best for you. I mean, I'm sure. your family, though, right? I mean, yeah, but yeah. on the realistically, the good most families, of them, yes. I yes, think so a lot of the family I'm just does. saying that there are some times where there are family members, you'll see it on the stepmother, you know, the, the what is it, the... I forget the, the, ship, the slipper. I don't know. But they always, you know, people want to... Sometimes their parent, their families do block them from having the same. It doesn't happen all the time, but it can happen. But it is a red flag, you guys. So make sure that you, you're, the important people in your life, your family, if they have doubts, ninety percent of the time they're right. If you have a 95. good, I, how about this? I rephrase it. If you have a good relationship with these families, and you trust this family to have your best interests, why would they want to steer you wrong? Yeah, I mean that's my yeah. opinion. Well, that one, Doctor. He's controlling in the worst ways. Or she? Yeah, this is. We we know this is. Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying. She. Yeah, that there's. I mean, Mm -hmm. we've seen this, and and it's sometimes hard because I think sometimes people are. It's hard for people to acknowledge they're being well. It's somebody controlling. You know, I think that you sometimes don't see it. Do you agree with me? No, because these people hmm. are, are manipulators. Yes, they are manipulation. But yeah, I think controlling is is very scary. Mm-hmm. It, it gets to the point where because what ha- happens, you lose uh, a sense of self. Mm-hmm. You lose a sense of self and what what you should be doing, and everything you do is based on what they tell you to do. It becomes right. a, a vicious cycle. Well, that's the thing. If they're a good, you know, controlling person is scary, but also it's like when somebody's a master mani- um, uh, manipulator, it's very, um, you sometimes, I've seen people not even understand or notice that they're being manipulated. So, you know, they slowly take you away from your family and your mm-hmm. friends. You end up slowly being with that person and only doing what they want. And then sometimes that person can become re- actually very abusive. Well, that's another thing. I think isolation, and we'll talk about that. Isolation mm-hmm. has to do if you're. If, that's when uh, God, your family really can help because, again, you say love is blind. You talked about that. That isolation piece, um, it, it, it's a gradual thing, and, and those people that manipulate you gradually manipulate you toward isolation, and then it's too late. Well, sometimes I mean, we've even heard this that they're saying, you know. They put in those little things like, oh, your family doesn't like me or, mm-hmm. you know, oh, mm-hmm. they just don't want to, you know, like me. And it's like that that's not the case at all. They're just slowly trying to take you away from them. Yep. So another one is constantly, you constantly feel insecure and don't sense sincerity in their intentions. I think you have to go with your gut, right? Right. I and think- I think that's hard. I, you know, for us, I think, do you feel that sometimes it is hard for people to follow their gut? Do you, do you feel that people really actually notice? Um, and you know, you guys, I'm so sorry. We have a caller. Caller? Hi, what's your name and where are you from? I don't see that. Okay, I guess they're, um, they're just listening, so we'll just wait for the caller. Um, but, yeah, so... What we were saying is that I think, what do you think, Doctor? Do you feel that sometimes we ignore these yeah. things? And I, yeah, and I agree. I think some people are more intuitive than others, right? And some people have are, are learn how to tap into that intuitiveness more than others. Right. So I think that, yes, some people uh, are able to, um, oh, there's a call right there. 
Yes. Are you on the air? Maybe not. <laughs> that comes back on. But one of the things I think that when you're when you have it, you've trained yourself to be intuitive. Sometimes it's natural. Right. Other times it takes again that contemplative meditation, just being, just sitting and listening. Right. People, some people don't know how to do that. Some people, so, um, so when they're, they don't know how to listen to their intu- intuition or, or instincts and don't even know what that means. Or maybe and just... men were taught for the longest to not use that, hmm. use their brain. You know, they, you know, that, that's, that stuff is Hogwarts. So I think that women have always been a little bit more intuitive than men because yeah. it, it was, a, it was not, the right thing for them to do this. Well, I also think that sometimes it's, I think that people are, um, sometimes maybe you don't want to listen to your intuition. Yes. Um, because maybe this person, you know, is so hot or this person has, you know, I just, they have so much going on with them. I'm going to ignore flags. And I think that it's important for us to understand that sometimes it's best to listen to yourself to save yourself the drum. I agree. I agree. The one, this is the one that really uh, stands out, and I Ooh. think I think out of, out of all, of, not out of all of them, they're all the true. All of them we talked about are true, but this is one you should really listen to. His own relationships are still an issue. He's not gotten over it, Bill. He's not gotten over it, or she's not gotten over it. Okay, this is a hard one for me because <laughs> I still have friends that are, that are exes, so I don't think that they're not over me. I think that they are just we because our relationships were so positive. Because I've pretty much, uh, there's only, I can name like one or two that didn't end up nice. No, but I but think I mean, they're like, saying here, is your guy constantly referring to your ex? He might oh, be no friends idea what's happening with her with and ensuring you that she's okay. He compares everything to her. Oh, God. Um, he, um, he's, not to- he, he's not totally over her. That's what. And you've seen that happen. Yeah. Or people There's just, so many movies like that. Oh, yeah. And it's like. Okay, so these remember we talked about earlier in the first half of the show that you know when you're ready to move on. These people are not ready to move on, I, or they can't get get that thing back in your second fiddle to you. That's thing. messed up. I know. Okay, this is the thing. <laughs> um, I agree. I think. Okay, this is the thing. I think that there are people, even when you're you're one of these people where you're like not over your ex. There could be somebody that can come into your life and make you forget all about them. And I think it takes the right person and the right timing for them to actually make you forget. I mean, you may remember some great things, but I think that sometimes if it's meant, it's meant. But I do think that also, if they're still talking about their ex, it's probably time for you to consider that and put your defenses up. Put your defenses up so you're not taken to the cleaners on that. all the time. You know, it's like, well. Have you ever had that happen? No. Uh, oh, look at her. No, because I wouldn't let it happen if it's if it did. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I don't, you know, my patience I, is not that good. It's like I would have been like, okay, I'm done talking well, about you know Sarah. Why thing? don't you go back to her? Okay. Well, see, I think that's. I think you should. <laughs> I think you really like her. <laughs> She's different than me. Okay, so see, back, can I meet her so I can tell her? So no, this is the difference <laughs> between me and my mama. Okay, so first of all, that person actually would have been friend zoned. For me. So if I notice somebody's constantly talking about somebody else, they definitely would have been friend zone because obviously you're like you said, you're not over them. But I would have said, so I turn them into not necessarily trying to find out, but I want to know, you know, what is it that you miss about that person? What is making you so interesting? So you start applying your <laughs> Exactly, because I want them to be happy. Yes. I you want start them to be happy. Making. You know, unless it was Jason Momoa, then I'd have to And then I would start I would I'll start I would start lecturing. Okay. I think you need to go back. No, just kidding. No, you know what no, they're I'm not totally it's different. not finished business. It's you need closure. You need, you need closure and I would tell them, you know, the facts. I'll and you don't need to them. be there. Don't be the you know, I feel like, you know, they have those things where they say that you're the What's it called when you the the relationship when you oh gosh I can't remember the saying but it's the the person that's the intercessory the person that after the the good relation the bad you know they break up with somebody and then they use that person to get over it and they move on yeah it's almost like a job too that usually happens the second move is always the best mm. so make you know the first so, so you know what it's it's, oh. enough, it's so it's like yeah yeah you're right. So the next one is he's she he or she's codependent, or the both of you are. And 
This is hard because I, I think that this sometimes. Okay, this is a hard one for me, in my opinion, Doctor. Because mm-hmm. I feel like in the beginning of a relationship, I think so many people are codependent in the beginning. In the beginning, you're kind of like, oh, I want to be with them all the time. Oh, so I think it depends if it's like a lo- after a few weeks or months that that person's still hanging on like really intensely, then it's weird for maybe weird for somebody. But I think in the beginning, you have this like, oh, I want to be with them all the time. Oh, they're so great. Oh, they smile. I think that's a little bit different than codependency. Well, what do you think? What's what do you think? First of all, I agree with the article. Codependency (laughs) is the death of a healthy relationship. Yeah, and that's because these people are terrified of losing people. They're, mm. they're posting, hanging out with them. It's almost like that stalker, Jay, that you always seem to get. <laughs> female and male that just can't let you alone. I mean, uh, I mean, I, I just think it's not a good indi- indicator of, of uh, uh, health. It, you know, people have to have their own identities and people have to. Definitely. Yes, now, I, I, now, yeah, I'm saying this what all she's saying you're, is, you're correct. Now, what she's saying is totally right. I, you know, when I get in, when I first have a relationship, Jesus, it's so much fun. It's like, oh, I'm going to go. She says all baby, these like sweet baby, names. And you're so like, oh, God. Yeah, you know, it's like, oh, baby, you know, it's like so fun. But it's not like I can't drink a glass of water without you being not codependent on you. And, and yeah, I, you know, that's not normal. So that's I think, not healthy. And I think this is like, um, it's very extreme. scary. It's 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 a, and take this is and what they're saying is this is extreme. Well, you, and the thing is, you always want and even in a relationship for it to be healthy, you always want your own thing. Yes, right. You know, you have your job, you have your likes, and if that person wants to, you know, you start bringing them into your likes, that's fine. But you always need to have your own thing. Yep. Yep. So what about he? He or she doesn't communicate effectively or listen attentively. That is so annoying, isn't it? Ugh. This one is so important to me. I. Communication is everything that I want. Um, and you, you guys, know, you guys, you know what? We're going to take another break. Hold this thought, Doctor, so we can talk more about they don't communicate effectively. You guys, you can call us at 310-928-7733. Again, 310-928-7733. We'll be back in a moment.
Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Strategic Ladies Radio Show. We are talking about relationships, and it's all about the relationship. <laughs> <laughs> and we left this, they went to break, and we talked about red flags to look for. In the first half of the hour, we talked about why, how you listen to your gut, listen to things, and, right. and, and you need to overcome your fears, a relationship. Exactly. But now we're talking about when that fear is right. And this red flag that we have now says he doesn't, uh, communicate effectively or listen attentively. Well, wow. guys, first, before we continue, you can always call and join the conversation at 310-928-7733. Dr. E, what do you think about this one? To me, listening is key. I, I mean, this is one of my favorite ones Communication is key. This is, the, this is the nuts and bolts of it all. Yes. If you cannot well, this talk. this and trust. This and trust. But how are you going to find out if you can't trust if you can't talk? <laughs> well, if they, okay, wait. You know what, what? what's worse, though? I think that sometimes there's people that just talk and don't listen. Oh, And that's even, that's horrible because, you know, I think that if the, you don't have somebody that's listening attentively and actually acknowledging what you say, then I'm, it's this. I'll never forget my grandbaby went to school and he got straight A's. And we're trying to figure what? out why he got straight A's. And he said, I just listen and learn. Hi, caller. Hi, what's your name? Where are you from? Hi, I'm Katrina from Dallas. Hi, Hi Katrina. Katrina. Welcome to the Hi. show. <laughs> <laughs> what are you thinking about this topic? What do you think about red flags? So what I really wanted to give my take on is uh, the fears, how to overcome the fears that are involved in a relationship or enter a new relationship. So for me, I feel like the ego is the basis for all of this. Because the ego is the wall that you put up to avoid, you know, further rejection, if that's the case, abandonment, um, jealousy issues, I'm going to get you before you get me, that type of thing all stems from ego. So I feel like if you can fix that ego, you can let your wall down and you can be open to a new experience. Because I feel like each time you enter a new relationship, you're having a new experience, like a new cycle. So I feel like if you can fix that, you can be more open to something new and not have those fears come about because those fears are always stemming from those things that I just named. I totally, uh, Katrina, Katrina, I totally agree with you. I think that the ego is a very dangerous thing and it prevents a lot of things. And I, and, and I, I totally agree with your comments. I think that we, we need to tone that ego because it does have us do things that have, have us react in a fearful way or lose things that we need. We may be uh, are missing things that we, should, we shouldn't be. Right. Yeah, I, I, think, I completely know. agree, Katrina, because also with the ego can come those insecurities. So sometimes people put on this, this facade of having him an ego that's, um, you know, stronger than really masking their insecurities. Um, Uh If you don't acknowledge your, you know, the, these situations that you may, you know, have, then exactly. You definitely will have a hard time having a good relationship. Yeah. There's this, there's this really, this one quote that talks about the ego and it says, if your ego goes unchecked, it can cause tremendous turmoil in your life, particularly in your closest relationships. And I, and I, and I, and I, and I have found that to be true relationships that you're the closest to, if you, you know, sometimes these people that try to date and then they have this ego, they're egomaniacs. They lose a lot of good people because of that. So do you, Katrina, uh, thinking of the ego, do you think that that is something that's more important than communication? What do you, what do you think are like the top red flags in, in your thought process of what you think would stop somebody from opening themselves up to a positive relationship? Oh, definitely like having the upper hand. And I've, I've been guilty of this too in the past. I've grown for that, <laughs> thankfully, but, um, you know, it's okay to admit be our, our faults because we we're here healed by those. So that's good. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. Uh, yeah, so I think that if, you know, someone is always one of the upper hand, it becomes a competition, and that's not healthy at all. And I've been in situations like that. I've dated somebody, and they're, like, literally competing with me. Um, 
that's always bad because, you know, either of you guys have been hurt before, so you're trying to shield yourself. So that's definitely a red flag. I feel like jealousy is a definite red flag in the beginning. Um, if you're worried about outside people, that's really bad. Um, let's see what else. Um, probably rejection. Like if you've had rejection issues in mm-hmm. the past, you know, that kind of starts with like family stuff as well, like your upbringing. If that's still there, that can also come up as a as a red flag. Well, I agree with you. I think that upper hand um, is is definitely something. And, and I've I've you know I think that we've all. I mean I don't I can't say it's all, but I know that I've been there, Katrina, um, where I'm like you know what I'm going to make sure that I heard him before he hears me. You know, I'm just gonna. <laughs> 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 and that's a horrible way to thought. And like yourself, I mean I've grown from that. But when you're young and you're scared and you've had a bad relationship that defense walls mm-hmm. up, right? Mm-hmm. So you're yeah. like, well, because of this, I'm going to do this. And that's why they say never bring in past relationships. But sometimes that's very hard. And that's where that ego comes in, like you said. The ego. Absolutely. And I think, yeah. and I think the jealousy thing is it's, oh, it's hard, too. I mean, I think that uh, by nature, I think we all have, you know, if, if, if someone we care about, someone's reaching out to them a little bit too aggressively, we get a little bit, oh, hey, you know, and then we think, well, is it him? Or is it her? Right, you right. Know? So I think that that jealousy thing can't. We need to wrap that and have a conversation about. It. I think that's why communication is so important because if you have a conversation and say, "Look, I'm a little bit jealous of what just happened. What are you going to do about it?" Well, she's so funny seeing that. <laughs> no, I would. You know what the thing is about it, it? The thing about jealousy, it's hard, right? And I agree with you. I think that sometimes I feel. Um, I think it's normal to have a little bit of, you know, oh, gosh, somebody's, you know, acknowledging them. But see, I want somebody that somebody kind of thinks is cute because if nobody wants them, it's kind of scary, too. And then you think about people, if you're dating a guy that or, you know, a woman that you find that doesn't have any jealousy about what you're doing, that's a a red flag to me, too. I know. So it's like finding that equal balance. So how how do you feel you would handle jealousy? How do you think you should handle it? You heard my opinion. Talk yeah. about it. Katrina, what do you think about jealousy? <laughs> um, I think, like she said, it has to be balanced. Um, I feel like some of it is okay. It's when it becomes a little bit of, of an obsession type of thing. You need to kind oh, of yes. <laughs> yes. check yourself. Um, you know, for instance, if you're dating someone, I don't know, you've been dating them for like a month, okay, and you're, you guys are not sure if you're ready to be exclusive, well, I feel like that person is allowed to date other people. So, but for some people that jealousy can come in, they're already, you know, kind of being territorial and, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's when I feel like it's not, it's not healthy. I no, agree. It's not healthy because if you have all decided not to be in, include exclusive. exclusive, then that that's a communication that you, you should have had. Yeah, and that's the thing. I think and if people it's... don't accept that and they get jealous and something's wrong. I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. Like, you know, if somebody gives you all the tools and lets you know what's going on, and like you said, a month is very soon, and some people are ready to commit that fast. But my thing is, you know, you should be open and honest with that person, let them know what your thoughts are, and you can't get jealous and mad if you know what they're about. Yep. We talked about vulnerability. Exactly. Yeah, we talked about vulnerability and how it's important to have that trait. It's one of the strongest strengths that you can have. So thanks, Katrina, for calling in. We yeah, really Katrina, appreciate thanks. it. Yeah, Katrina, thanks. Katrina and Dallas. Katrina and the Thank big you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. Okay, take care. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you for Bye-bye. listening. Bye. Katrina actually gave us some, I mean, she had some really good tips. She's on point. I yeah. mean, I think that, that I love the the, uh, the jealousy, the the ego. Um, just she named really some really good ones. I agree. I'm in, in and in you know, it's she, she that, especially that ego, and also it just shows that how many insecurities can happen within a relationship. And um, if you don't address your own insecurities, it's going to be hard for you to have a positive relationship. And I love the fact. I think one of the things that, to that point and to Katrina's point is mm-hmm. she mentioned. Well, I was younger, and I and I and I've grown from that. Exactly. God, that's what we are. We need to grow from where we were. We need it. Like right. we talked about that today about how everything's in bloom. We're in bloom. And you know, we what? should be constantly There's in bloom. So, and so many people live off of that. Katrina, she really, she, she made me think back to some times where I wanted to be that one up girl mm-hmm. because I was so fearful of being hurt and, and being vulnerable 
because it's hard to put yourself out there. It's mm-hmm. hard to be rejected. It's hard to, um, especially new relationships there. It's so hard because you may really start to like somebody and, you know, you have all these different feelings and then maybe you do have a little bit of jealousy because they're getting attention. Um, you know, all those things come into play. And, and you know, funny, the funny thing you talk about rejection, rejection is a big one. And I think that, um, Rejection sometimes prevents us from moving to that next level or try, continually to try. I it's agree. like you're cheering and trying. It's like acting. Because it hurts. It, it does. But if you really think about, it's kind of good that someone can reject you because in a sense, that person wasn't meant for you anyway. And, and, but we don't think of it that way. We think no. about like, well, he didn't like me. I mean... Well, we should really think about it. Well, good. Well, he, like he, what told you, me, he told me the truth up front, up front. Well, like what you told me, and I think that this is something that more people should live by. If they don't want you, you don't want them. That's right. Thank you. Man. Amen. Thank you. And, and it's hard sometimes because you may get really into somebody, but it's the truth. You know, you want somebody that wants you as much as you want them because right. it, because it, it's, it's a good feeling. If you're constantly trying to fight for their affection, it's the wrong relationship. It's not going to work anyway. Mm-hmm. It's not going to work anyway. And there's people say there's a limited amount of fish in the sea. I, I'm not, I, we've been eating fish every day. You're so crazy. There's a lot of fish swimming. A lot of swarms. Girl, I ain't got one fish. I don't there's know about you. There's a lot of fish in the sea to, to pick. You just have to be out there in that, in that uh, what they call school. Time. You need to be out there in that school of fish. Look at Girl, you're so great. <laughs> <laughs> so we're almost coming to a close, everyone. I wanted to uh, talk talk to you about, you know, we always do a kind of a, a mindful check and try to figure out how we feel, what's a good takeaway for today. And, and, and Dr. J always gives us that. And, and I know she uses a lot of this. Um, we use a lot of this in our practice and she uses a lot of this in her relationships and in the articles that she writes. Uh, just giving people a thought to, to meditate and to think on so that they can carry that thought possibly through the day, possibly through the week. Maybe it's something that they post, you know, a vision on their vision board to, to uh, cause, create change and, and, and to bloom. We talked about blooming. So Jay has one and we're going to talk about, let her share it with you all before we close. Well, first I want to thank Miss Katrina because she helped me come up with or, or find this one with um, her talk in regards to ego. And I thought this was so amazing quote that I found. It says, ego is the only requirement to destroy a relationship. So the bigger person, skip the E and let it go. Oh, I love it. I like that. The Don't bigger you? person, skip the E and let, let it go. go. You know what? That's that's the word. <laughs> so what we're gonna do is we're gonna put that. Oh, we're gonna put that on uh, our site. Right, Hopefully, yeah. we can put that on. Have our developer put that on uh, for the show today. Let the ego go. Skip yeah, the let, e, it, let it go. Yeah, let it go. And I agree. I see a rap. Skip the E. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Well, okay, wait. Let it go now. Katrina's gonna have to get credits on those, right? Okay, was that? <laughs> wait for Katrina. Katrina said, "Let it go now." Katrina said, <laughs> "Obviously, we're not rappers, but um, <laughs> yes, you guys. <laughs> you know what? I, what it's it's amazing. I think that you knew with, with all relationships. You know, it, it's it takes time. Doctor E, mm-hmm. out of all the things that we've talked about tonight, what is the biggest red flag that stands out to you? Um, gosh, I, I, you know, I. I it's hard for me to pinpoint one, and I know it's the last thing we talked about, but it's the fr- freshest thing in my mind because I, I, I like to communicate. And I'm a communicator, and I also like to listen. Mm-hmm. And listening and communications, it's, li- we communicate and we talk a lot, but listening is n- never talk. So I love a person. I, I gravitate no- more toward that introvert sometimes, that person that can sit there and, and listen because I can learn so much because they've heard everything. Right. And so sometimes in a relationship, we need to play both. We need to play that person that listens, or we need to person, play, play that person that talks and gives advice. Right. And I think that's that balance. And we talked about it with Katina. We talked about that with each other. That balance and just about all these things are important. I think for myself, um, I agree with you. I think that that's really important. But I also think the trust. I think the trust in any relationship for me is one of the biggest things. If I don't have trust... 
Um, and I, and I feel that we don't have trust in a relationship. It's a big red flag because I feel that all relationships are based on a certain amount of trust. So I think that that would be the most important. Yeah, I agree. I think that I, I agree. For with me, you too. Well, I agree. Trust is, is, is golden. We talk about trust in relationship, trust in teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you don't trust anybody, you, they aren't able, you're not, you're not safe. You don't right. feel safe and secure. And, and, and that's what in a relationship, letting all your guards down, right. emotional guards are let down. And I do like something that, and also what um, our caller called in Katrina ego, I felt was very important as well, because if we don't let go of the ego, we can't progress. Nope. Nope. So, well, I, everyone, I want to thank you for joining our yes. call. Thank you for Katrina calling in. Yes. Uh, we are, uh, planning on moving to uh thursdays yes and same so, time same, same time place. same place and please uh join us on uh, we have some interesting topics and we always want your opinion because some of our callers and our and our, even our, our people we counsel teach us a lot yes so I, mean, we I think be that's the thing you always that. have to be open and and mindful right so you guys you can always reach us at write the number two at strategicladies.com and you can also go to www.strategicladies.com to find out more info. Follow us, um, share it on Instagram and and keep the word going. We appreciate you guys. Katrina, thank you for calling in. And look for Jay on Instagram. <laughs> I'm gonna be on it. <laughs> Have a wonderful night, guys. Thank you. Bye. I- Strategic